Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Your God's not asleep. And if you remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, he was challenging the prophets of Baal. There's 400 of them. And he's saying, you call on your God and I'll call on my God. And they did all their stuff. They did all their little things and, and nothing happened. And it was during a drought. And then Elijah built a big altar, poured gallons and gallons and gallons of water on it, called upon the Lord, and the fire fell on it. And he started, he started mocking the false prophets. And he said, what is, he said what's wrong? Has is your, is your God gone to the bathroom? He said, told him. And he, he said it in a more crude way. It's like, is your God, is your God off having, taking a leak? Is what he was said to him. It was, and it's like, oh, your God is not asleep. Hopefully your God is not asleep. He's, he's, he's full on at every moment. Every moment. I guess the, the big challenge is making contact. Making contact. Being in touch. Being in touch. Hearing from God. Walking with God. Flowing with God. Like I preached a few weeks ago. Being in harmony. Moving with, with the Holy Ghost. And the Lord gave me several scriptures that I was going to read on. Um, th- three particular passages I was going to read on, on New Year's Eve. And I, I never got the opportunity. It was just packed, packed out. It was awesome, sir. Awesome night. Awesome, awesome night. But I, I wanted to, I'm going to share those scriptures with you. And just, I, 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 it's, call, I, it's called unprecedented. Unpre- everyone say unprecedented. The Lord wants to do things in your life that have never happened before. Not only never happened for you, never happened before, periods. You are unique. God has a unique plan. God is omnipotent. He's, he's all-powerful. There's no limitations, no deficiencies. He's not running out of strength and not running out of creative ideas. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what we can ask or think. But it's not what you ask or think. It's not, you know, I, 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 one of the mistakes that we make when we start talking about the greatness of God and how he wants to display himself in great ways through people, through us, it's not... It's not to build your kingdom. And it's not just to fulfill whatever your, your particular list of, of w- your wish list is. It's to display the glory of God in any way he chooses. And it's our, you know, the, 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 the thing that he's after in our life is yieldedness. Yieldedness. Everyone say yieldedness. Where we can, where we can really pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's yieldedness. It's a place of power, a place of, 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 I promise you, never ever a moment's disappointment with yieldedness. Because God's going to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond, we can ask or think to glorify him and for you to be more than satisfied. So anyway, this, God unveils, first, this first scripture is Isaiah 42, 9. You've heard me refer to it a number of times, but I want us to think about it in light of stepping into a new year, stepping into a life of renewal, a lifestyle of renewal. 
This 2014, I want to step into a lifestyle of renewal. I want to live in a lifestyle of renewal in the word and in the spirit, being transformed, being made new and transformed in the image of Christ from glory to glory on a continual basis. I don't want to be stuck in the past. I don't want to be deeply entrenched in the ruts of my past, but to be liberated by the power of his spirit. Isaiah 42, 9, behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now this, this is a promise from the word of God. If, if you can get in contact with God, if you begin to walk in harmony with God, if you begin to abide in Christ and his words abide in you, you'll begin to, you'll begin to sense the prophetic plan of God over your life. You'll begin to catch pieces here and there, here and there of God's prophetic plan for your life and for your relationship to your local church. You'll begin to sense and it'll, it'll stir you on the inside. It'll lift you. It'll excite you. It'll light your fire when you begin to taste and see the prophetic plans. I, I thought of a, a couple of examples of course, you know, so God speaks these new things before they took place. We think of the story of, of Abraham. Abraham, of course, his name was Abram, which meant father. And God changed his name from Abram, father, to Abraham, which meant father of a multitude. God had been speaking to him for 20 some odd years that he was going to have a son that would be the heir of the savior of the world, that would be the seed that would produce families of faith that every, every, every family in the, in the earth from that generation to the last generation, from Abraham's generation to the last generation of mankind, that every family would be blessed through his seed and his wife was barren. God was, like he says in Romans 4, 17 and 18, God was calling those things that be not as though they were in Abram's life. God was speaking over Abram when he was barren, when his wife was barren. God was speaking over over him in his sleep. God was speaking over him when he was praying and meditating on the word of God and on God's purposes for his life. God is, God is prophesying and, and singing and proclaiming his prophetic plans over your life on a continual basis. Put your ears on. If he, he who has ears to hear, hear what the spirit of God is saying over your life. Amen. He has a plan for you. So he spoke over Abraham. He spoke over Saul. Over Saul. Saul was, was the persecutor of the church. And when he was visited by God, he sent a man by the name of Ananias. And the Lord spoke to Ananias. And Ananias came in and prophesied over Saul, this Pharisee of Pharisees who had had an encounter with God on the Damascus road. And this man, this insignificant man in the church in Damascus, Syria, heard a word from God. God and went and found this Pharisee of Pharisees and prophesied over him. He said, Saul, God has called you to be a light to the Gentiles. What a word. Not, not just the Gentiles of his generation, but the Gentiles of all generations. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, wrote the majority of the New Testament, and his words are impacting thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands from every tribe, from every tongue, and every generation. 
God was speaking over this man. He was prophesying over him. He was singing over him. Even as he laid, they laid the, the, the clo- their cloaks at Saul's feet as they were stoning Stephen to death. As he was breathing out threatenings and murder against the church, the Lord was prophesying and speaking over Saul. God is speaking over you. Now the former things have come to pass. Behold, I proclaim new things. I speak new things into your life. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you sensed? Are you just drifting out there? No drifting. No apathy. No just quesarasara. Get a hold of God. Get a hold of his prophetic plans. He has a plan for you. He's not playing hide and seek with it. He wants to speak into your, it's, it's very simple. He called Peter, very, Peter, he prophesied over Peter. Peter was, he was in that fishing boat, fishing for fish. And, and you know the story, how he said, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. And when the, the, the nets began to rip and the boat began to sink, Peter became suddenly aware of who was on his boats. Suddenly aware, he fell down at Jesus' feet and he said, depart from me. I am a sinful man. And and the Lord spoke into Peter's life, Peter, come and follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. He was prophesying over Peter. Peter, I have a plan for your life. You're a harvester. I've called you to win souls, to bring souls into the kingdom of God. What kind of plans does God have for you? What kind of plans does he, has for, does he have for your business? What kind of plans does he have for your family? What kind of plans does he have for your home group? What kind of plans does he have for your, for your ministry or whatever, whatever you're involved in today? God has a plan. Has he spoken into your life? Oh, this is not, this is not about, I'm not talking about goal setting. I'm not talking about writing down what you wish would happen in your life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about hearing from God. Getting into God's presence. Seeking his face in the word. Calling upon him in prayer. Worshiping him. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Beginning to become sensitizing yourself to the move of the spirit. Sensitizing yourself to this still small voice. Beginning to understand what Jesus meant when he said, if you abide in me. And my words ask what you will. If my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it will be done for you. By this are my, is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. It's the plan of God for your life. Joseph, God prophesied over Joseph. Joseph. Joseph, he was just a child and the, and the Lord was, was, was prophesying and singing over him, Joseph, I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for your life. Down the road, I've, I've got a plan for your life. You're going to be a deliverer for your brothers. Oh yeah, it's gonna be, there's going to be some difficult years that you go through. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to be thrown in prison and persecuted. But I have a plan for you, Joseph. I have a plan for you. Stay faithful until the end and I'm going to use you to be a deliverer for your brothers. God had a plan for, he has a plan for each one of his sons and daughters. So this, this God unveils his prophetic plans. And so it's, 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 it's not, again, this is not for the, for the super spiritual. The baby Christian can learn to hear the voice of God. The newborn child of God can learn to hear his voice. 
This isn't something that you grow into, oh, because you've been walking with God for a multitude of years. No, this is sensitizing yourself to the voice of God, filling your mind with his words and just getting into his presence, coming into his presence the only way any of us can, by faith in his blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your precious presence. Thank you for your words. Thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for me. Thank you, Lord, you're singing over me. Lord, God, help me to step into this song. And, and you'll find you just begin to singing and making melody. And the words will begin to just spontaneously come out of your mouth. And don't be surprised when God is beginning to speak to you his prophetic plans through your own words, through your own prayers. Now, here's the next verse, the second verse. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things. So he's talking about forgetting the things in the past. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. The seed of this new thing is being birthed in your spirit by the word of God. It's springing forth now. Isaiah said, as this word is being spoken into your life, it's springing forth now. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. So forgetting those things that lie behind. Let's look at, I want to read two of those people that we've been talking about. Paul in Philippians. Let me read a little bit of his his testimony, forgetting those things that lie behind. It sounds just like, like Paul. It's what Isaiah was preaching. Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 2. Paul's talking about the religious folks. He says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. That's what, that was his word for the circumcision, for the Jews. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. You know, that was another one of the songs we sang in Bible school. It was kind of that we sang, we are the circumcision, we worship God in the Spirit. And we used to sing this in church all the time. We are the circumcision, we worship God in the Spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus, have no confidence in the flesh. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Yes, (laughs) yeah, this is a great word. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might have, Paul says, although I might have confidence in the flesh, I have some reasons in the natural. If anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I even more so. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. All of my accomplishments in the world, all of my prestige, all of my points, I count them all loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things loss as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. The New King James is very, very gracious in this translation of that word. That word is literally, if you were to be more accurate theologically, it's the word C-R-A-P is what he said. That's literal, the literal definition. He counted them as C-R-A-P that I might gain Christ 
and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might, that I might, that I might, that I might what? That I might know him, that I might know him, that I might know him, that I might know him. This is why I've suffered the loss of all things. I found something better. I found the pearl of great price that I might know him, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I might lay hold of that which for Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Everyone say one thing. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting all the, all the bad stuff that I did and the bad things that happened to me. Forgetting all the great revivals and all the moves of God and all the churches that I started, all the devils I cast out, all the people that were healed. Forgetting about all of those great things. That was great, but that was then. This is now. Yes, forgetting those things that lie behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying exactly what Isaiah said, forgetting the past, forgetting the horrible past and forgetting the the glorious past and embracing the Christ who is I am. To know him now, to walk with him now, to hear his voice now, to recognize he's doing a, a new thing that's never been done, unprecedented thing right now today, walking. I am the resurrection. I am the life, Jesus said. So this is, this is, this is Paul. Here's Joseph in Genesis 41. Very powerful. You know the story of Joseph, the one who was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. They lied about his death and sold him into slavery, and then he was thrown in prison. But God, you know, God God knew. God wasn't, wasn't surprised. As a matter of fact, those horrible things that those brothers did was the tool and was the plan of God to get Joseph where God wanted him to be. It was the plan of God. The, the man meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And if you can get a hold of God, there's a lot of stuff in your life that you're upset about. Men meant it for evil. The circumstances happened. God meant it for good. If you'll get a hold of God. If you'll get a hold of God. If you'll get a hold of God, you'll find out. Wow. Wow, look what God has done. God meant it for good. Now here's Joseph's. Here's Joseph's story, his testimony, 4150. And to Joseph, at the end of, after he got all through all of that and he ended up getting married, after he got released and he became prime minister, to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the first, called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, which, which literally means, it literally means God has caused me to forget God has caused me to forget. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. God has made me to forget. Manasseh. That was the name of his son. He's, you know, I have, I've gone through some stuff, but God has made me to forget. Thank you, Lord. Manasseh. Thank you, Lord. You are the God of Manasseh. You know, some of y'all need to forget. 
Some of y'all, there's some stuff you need to forget because it's not, it's not helping you to remember it. It's not helping you at all. It's, it's causing you to stay bound by your past. It, God can give you total freedom. He, he give you supernatural deliverance by forgetfulness. Manasseh can visit you by the touch of God. God can cause you to forget your pain and your suffering and your heartbreak. God can cause you to forget. Manasseh, he called his son. The name of the second son. He had two sons. The second son he called Ephraim, which meant, it meant double fruits. It's like the, the, the chewing gum, double fruits. Double fruits. God has caused me to forget, and he's given me a double harvest. God has caused me to forget, and he's paid me back double. He named his first son Manasseh. God has made me to forget. He named his second son double fruit. He's called, God's given me a double harvest. Ephraim, hallelujah. So he's, he's forgetting those things that lie behind, forgetting those things that lie behind, and he's embracing, embracing the brand new, embracing the right now. Thank you, Lord. Now, we, here's the last verse. The last verse. <laughs> Unprecedented. Isaiah 48, verse 6 through 8. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Everyone say unprecedented. I love that word. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. God wants to do unprecedented acts of God in this generation. He wants to do unprecedented acts of God in New Orleans, Louisiana. He wants to do unprecedented acts of God in Victory Fellowship. He wants to do unprecedented acts of God in your life, in your family, through your words and through your hands. Unprecedented. Oh, it might not be spectacular. It might not be something that that everyone knows about, but you'll sit there and see the miraculous right before your eyes and say, wow, look what God has done. Unprecedented. Look what God has done in my marriage. Unprecedented. Look what God has done in my finances. Unprecedented. Look what God has done in my home group. Unprecedented. Awesome God. You know, we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular all the time. It's supernatural. is right under your nose. Thank you, Lord. So, Isaiah 48, 6 through 8. You have heard. See all this. Will you not declare it? I've made you hear new things from this time. Even hidden things. And, and you did not know them. They are created now. They are created now and not from the beginning. And before this day you've not heard them, lest you should say, of course I knew them. Surely you did not hear. Surely you did not know. Surely from long ago your ear was not opened. So God is is saying, I am creating things. God is is a creator. His acts of creation are not finished. He's not a finished creator. He's not a has-been creator. He is in the creating business. He is the creator of all things. And he's still forming things with the words of his mouth. You know, I, I am under the, the, the conviction that he is still, for, he's an unlimited, infinite God. And as far as the scientists can determine, our universe is, is unlimited and unending. Inf- it's a picture of the infinite nature of God's. They can't find the end of it. It just goes on and on. And I'm under the opinion that God is still creating through his word. He spoke and creation is still just blasting everywhere. Creation. Shocking God. 
He's shocking God. He, and he's, his creative acts, acts or, or, or want, want to be working in our life. You just think for a moment, unprecedented. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, they, they stepped to an, an, un, everything about the New Testament church in the early days was, was unprecedented. They were stepping into new territory, things that none of the prophets had experienced. Acts chapter 2, they stepped into this firestorm of fire from heaven, fire on their heads, fire in their bellies, the wind of God blowing through the room, speaking in tongues, thousands of people speaking in other tongues, speaking in other tongues and prophesying and singing and dancing and having Holy Ghost drunken experiences all over Jerusalem, unprecedented in Acts chapter 2. Never had happened before, never had been seen before, and they stepped into the unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 3 and in Acts chapter 4, they stepped into unprecedented harvest as thousands of people came to Christ in a moment of time. Unprecedented, never seen before. Never seen before, never heard of before. When we first started doing Beyond the Grave, it was unprecedented for us to see those kinds of responses, to see those kinds of altar calls, unprecedented in our lifetime, in our generation, in the United States, but it began to happen suddenly and unexpectedly for the glory of God's unprecedented. Acts chapter 5, they begin to experience an unprecedented healing revival as as they begin to bring the, the people out into the streets by the thousands, by the thousands. And they were being healed by the thousands up and down the streets of Jerusalem. Shocking move of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was reading a, a book a number of years ago. It was called Sister Amy, written about Amy Simple, Simple McPherson. It was written by an unbeliever, a, a journalist, who was just writing historically. And he was, he was writing about things. And he, he started describing one particular service that she had. When in one service, 90 deaf people in one service were healed instantly in one service. Instantly in one service. Just happens. Bam! They were, why, was there, why was there 90 deaf people there? Because people had been getting healed like crazy and they started coming. That's why. It was just, it, God, God just showed up. God began to move. But why not? Unprecedented move of God. Why not? An unprecedented healing revival. Acts chapter 5, it was unprecedented. They'd seen, they'd seen some of that in the ministry of Jesus, but, but they weren't Jesus. They were sinners saved by grace through faith. And, and now the same thing that was on Christ was on them. And it was multiplying greater things that, than he did begin to take place through the hands of the apostles, uh, through the apostles. Unprecedented acts of God's. And then they began to do the unthinkable, the unthinkable. They began to preach to the Gentiles. That was, in their, in those church world, that was probably the greatest miracle in their eyes, that there was actually non-Jews being involved in the body of Christ. People from Africa, people from all over Europe, People from the, um, Turkey and the Asia Minor, there's an interracial move of the Holy Ghost began. Shocking. You know, today, what happens, the further the church gets away from Pentecost, as it begins to get cooler and cooler, the church becomes more racially segregated. Pentecost, Pentecost tears that down, absolutely annihilates it. 
If you want to go, go, if you want to go see the, the first beginnings of the racial divide beginning to fall in the body of Christ, go back to Azusa Street. The leader was a one-eyed son of an African slave by the name of William Seymour. And the congregation was totally interracial in Azusa Street. Total shock. It shocked the world that it took. But you didn't have interracial churches. And that happened by the move of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, 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 suddenly, oh yeah, you know, you have a move of the Holy Spirit that begins to break out in a major way, begin to affect the churches. You can forget, you can forget black church and white church and, and, and Mexican church or Spanish church or Chinese church. You can forget all of that. It's just his church. It'll be a total mix, absolute mix. There's no ethnic divides in heaven, I promise you. It's one church. Shocking. And it's going to have a, a, a Jewish chief shepherd by the, from Nazareth, the son of a carpenter. And he's a man, a crucified, resurrected Jewish man from Nazareth. Thank you, Jesus. Unprecedented. Unprecedented acts of God. Unprecedented acts of God. Things, you'll be doing things you never dreamed, never thought in a million years you'd be doing if you'll put your hand in his hands. If you'll put your hands in his hands, he'll take you places and places of influence in your world, in the world he's put you in. In the world he's put you in, you'll find yourself in shocking places with shocking influence, not because of your greatness, but because of his greatness. You must decrease and he must increase. You must decrease and he must increase. You must decrease and he must increase. Shema Sakareste. Thank you, Lord. Unprecedented, unprecedented acts of God, unprecedented acts of God are on the horizon are on the horizon for those that will, like Peter, step out of the boat, unashamed and unafraid, and begin to walk on the water with Jesus, unashamed of what, what other people may think, unashamed and unafraid of, of what, the, what the ramifications of making that step of faith might mean to you, unashamed and unafraid, unprecedented acts of God, unprecedented on the horizon. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's stand together, y'all. Let's stand together. Kimande. Kiriamaste. Kiriabateste. Hallelujah. Forgetting those things. You know, there's some folks here tonight that are going to meet the God of Manasseh and the God of Ephraim. The God of Manasseh and the God of Ephraim. The God of Joseph. Tsikamaseke. The God of who causes you to forget your troubles and forget the wrongs and embrace his mercy and his forgiveness and, and embrace his double fruit anointing on your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands. Just step in. Just step in. Step in. Just step in. Step into the river. Step in. Just step in by faith. It's about yielding. It's about harmonizing. He's speaking over you. He's singing over you. He has been since the day you were born. 
Since the day you were born, he's been singing over you his song, been prophesying and singing, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. You know, I, I, one time I got frustrated. I got frustrated by some of the assignments I was being given in my life, some of the jobs I was being given before. It was before I was a pastor. And I was upset. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was disappointed. And I went to my, my pastor at the time. And I was voicing my complaints about what was going on in my life. You know, it was just, I was just complaining about God, really. And, and he looked at me and he smiled. He smiled. It, was, it wasn't a long counseling session. It only took a few seconds after I, after I finally quieted down. All he said, he smiled at me and he said, do you think there's anybody that can stop God's plan from happening in your life? <laughs> it's the end of the conversation. I couldn't think of anybody at that time. <laughs> He has a plan. He's bigger than any obstacle. He's bigger than any obstacle that's been, that's been, been supposedly in your way. As a matter of fact, the thing that you thought of an obstacle may not have been an obstacle after all. It might have been a vehicle. <laughs> it may not have been the obstacle. And that's what the case was in my, in my circumstances. The thing I thought was an obstacle was actually the vehicle was going to get me where I needed to be. <laughs> so it's not an obstacle after all. Yeah. Ja- the, 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 the pit that Jake, Jake, Joseph got thrown into was not an obstacle. It was his transportation to where he needed to be for God's plan to be accomplished in his life. Oh, no, it wasn't an obstacle. Being thrown in jail wasn't an obstacle for him. It was God's, it was God's vehicle to get him to the chair of being prime minister in Egypt. It's how he was going to get there. It was the only way he could get there. Yep, God has a plan. Yield to his plan. Surrender. Yeah, just, uh, just embrace the Lord's. Embrace his love. Worship him anyway. Just worship. Right now, just lift your hands. I'm going to worship him. Ephraim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Manasseh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God of Manasseh. Hallelujah. 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 Sobrastaka ramaste katala maresta. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the things the Lord has given us in our church, he's given us a, 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 a precious, precious anointing. It's Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.